how to have difficult conversations is exceedingly important if you want to live on purpose, if you want to live with intention. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I'm a boundaries coach who specializes in helping women who are focused on what others are thinking and doing and neglect themselves in the process. And I have coached hundreds of people on how to build healthy boundaries using my exclusive build framework. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. I'm an avid beachcomber who collects sea glass, shells, wood, and stones. I am a formerly closeted fan of the Hallmark Channel, especially the Christmas movies. Hello, Christmas in July. I wear fingerless gloves from September to June because my hands are always cold, so I have about 15 pairs. And I get a huge kick out of counting how many days, weeks, and months there are until my birthday or Christmas at completely random times of the year. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on your social media and tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 254, 10 Steps for How to Prepare for and Have Difficult Conversations. This is a good one. One of the most important things that I've learned how to do in recovery is to have difficult conversations with people. That inability to have difficult conversations or unwillingness to have difficult conversations was the bane of my existence. It perpetuated my codependence because I would rather have suffered with whatever the situation was than have a difficult conversation to try to resolve it. I always thought of it as being conflict averse, and I still really don't like conflict, but I was allowing conflict within me internally rather than having conflict with another person. I understand intellectually that conflict is neutral. It's not good or bad. It's a normal part of life. We can't go through life without conflict, even under the best circumstances and in the best relationships. It's how conflict is handled that matters. How to have difficult conversations is exceedingly important if you want to live on purpose, if you want to live with intention. How to have difficult conversations is one of the most important things I teach my clients. It's not like I sit around and go, hey, we're going we're gonna to learn how to have difficult conversations. It's just built into the process. So I'm going to share some tips for how to have difficult conversation, some of which are things you do before you ever even enter the conversation. And I'm also going to share a couple of examples of things to say in those conversations that are things I've either said myself or have coached my clients to say. 
One of the services I offer my private clients is that they can text me and send me voice memos. And one of the most common things they contact me about is, what do I say? I coach them on how to respond to situations or how to initiate conversations about difficult things. But especially, I help them on how to think about the situation. All right, tip number one. This is called bookending. And here's how to prepare to have a difficult conversation or prepare to set a really difficult boundary. The concept is called bookending, which I learned in recovery. And this is where you check in with somebody before and after you do something difficult. That's the basic form of bookending, which I think of as having an accountability partner. I personally call this leveraging my codependent powers for good. I'm more likely to follow through on something if I have an accountability partner than if I don't. So that was the really basic way of using bookending to go through with something. But that's for things that are just a little bit difficult. There's a much more detailed and complex way of using bookending that supports you when you're having a really or when you're going to have a really difficult conversation or you're setting a really important boundary that scares the shit out of you. And it goes like this. Reach out to and connect with an emotionally healthy person who is not emotionally connected to the difficult situation. Tell them you'd like their support in doing something difficult and get their consent. If you have no friends who fit into this category, try a sponsor, a therapist, or a clergy person. And the first thing you want to do is get their feedback. Maybe say, hey, I was thinking of saying this. What do you think? I was going to do that this time in person, or maybe you say on the phone. Now, it's your boundary. You get to make all those decisions, but it's not a bad idea when you're emotionally charged about something to get the perspective of someone who's objective. So you get their feedback. And then you make your decision about what you're going to say, when and where you're going to say it. You do all that stuff ahead of time. And then here's where the book ending part comes in. Set up a time to talk to this boundary partner right before you have the difficult conversation or set the particularly difficult boundary so that you can check in with this boundary partner. And there's a couple of things that you're going to do on this call. One is you're going to process your difficult emotions with them. The main reason people don't set boundaries or cave when they set boundaries is because of their difficult emotions. They're filled with fucking guilt and shame and worry and all this kind of stuff. So when you have another person sharing the burden of those emotions with you, you're not alone. You don't have to carry all that on your own. The burden is shared and it becomes lighter. That means you are so much less likely to launch those emotions at the target of your boundary or the person you're having the difficult conversation with. The other thing your boundary partner is going to do is give you reassurance and affirmation. That means saying things like you're doing the right thing, you deserve to set this boundary, you're not a bad person for asking to have your needs met. This is really going to support you psychologically and emotionally. Once you've done this with your boundary partner, then you go to the target of your boundary or the person you're having a difficult conversation with and you have the conversation with them. When you're done, you want to reconnect as soon as possible with your boundary partner. That's what makes this book ending. And once again, they're going to help you process your difficult emotions and they're going to reassure and affirm you. 
Even if the situation got all messed up, they can help you by saying good and nice things to you. This is why it's important to have an emotionally safe person. All right, the second thing is know your values. Something that will prepare you well for difficult conversations is knowing what matters to you, what's important to you, what's your truth, what your standards are, so that you can stand firm in that. Because it's hard to be stable during something difficult when you don't really know what's important to you. One of the most important things that I realized after learning how to build healthy boundaries is that the way to know when and where to set boundaries is by what matters to you, what's important to you. And that's why I have all my clients start by identifying their top five values because we wanna make decisions about our lives by what's important to us. Now, I think of boundaries as being the standards you have for your life. They're limits beyond which you will not let other people go. And you don't let yourself go beyond because if you go beyond those limits or you let others go beyond them, then you're not living up to your standards. The thing is, if you don't know what you want, like, need, and prefer, if you don't know what your standards are, then you don't have solid ground on which to stand so that you can have a difficult conversation. If you're on shaky ground, you're not going to be stable enough to have a difficult conversation. All right, the third thing is honesty. One of the promises in the AA Big Book that has come true for me is I intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle me. This occurs most frequently in my relationship with my sweetheart because I just know what to say in situations which used to baffle me. And the reason I know what to say in such situations with my sweetheart or in setting a very difficult boundary with someone or having a difficult conversation is that I tell the truth now. I just tell the truth. I know who I am. I know what my truth is. And the main reason I know who I am and what my truth is is because of the boundary building process. It was through that process that I got to know myself and what I like and need. In other words, my standards for my life. And I realized on reflection that I figured all that out by what was important to me. And I know what my truth is because I know what my boundaries are. And if all this sounds baffling to you, like, hey, Barb, that sounds really great for you, but I don't know what my truth is. I don't know what my boundaries are. I don't know what my standards are then you are the perfect person to join your empowered life. This is my eight-week transformational program for women. You're going to learn all these skills I'm talking about in this episode, in that program, and a whole lot more. One of the cool things about being in a group is doing it with other people, going through the same things as you. You'll get coaching from me and reflections back from other group members about how they've tried these things. Getting multiple perspectives magnifies the experience. The application closes March 20th, so make sure you submit your application by then. It's linked in the show notes, or you can go to higherpowercc.com slash empoweredlife. Here's the reality. This program is not cheap, but it's also not expensive because it works. If you want to read how well my process works, there's a link in the show notes to the testimonials on the testimonial page on my website. 
And that page is where I put the big, long testimonials my clients share with me, which the public doesn't normally see on social media or on my coaching pages. Those things that you might have seen are just snippets of the testimonials my clients give. And if you don't know how to have difficult conversations, if you don't know where you stand on things or what your truth is, you can't afford not to do this now. Your relationships are not going to change until you change. All right, where was I? Oh yeah, the reason I know how to handle situations that used to baffle me is I tell the truth now, whereas I used to lie all the time and say that shit was okay with me that wasn't. I tell the truth and I know what my standards are. All right, the fourth thing, hard things. This is something I find myself saying frequently to my clients because they say, oh my God, this is so hard when we're talking about changing their long-standing and entrenched behaviors. You're right. It is hard. Yes, it is. And guess what? You can do hard. Stop acting like you can't and stop using it as an excuse not to do something. If you're in recovery, or basically, if you're a human, you have been doing hard your entire life. Life is hard at times for everyone. But this hard thing, this hard conversation you want to have is going to be over with. It's going to end. And it's going to eventually lead to better relationships with more harmony. It may not happen immediately, but eventually when you start having the hard conversations and start telling people the truth, your life is going to get immeasurably better. On the other side of this difficult conversation, there is healing. Now, the other kind of hard that you've been doing for years on end, that hard is endless. And in fact, it's probably just going to get worse. So pick which hard thing you're going to do. The quick, finite, hard thing of having a difficult conversation and get it over with, which will eventually lead to healing. Or do you want to stretch out the years of hard things that you have been doing forever, where you're constantly resentful of other people and draining your energy because you're trying to manage their lives and their emotions and what they think of you? Which hard thing are you going to do? Because you're going to do something hard if you're human. It might as well be having a difficult conversation, getting it over with, which will prevent many of the other hard things you've been living through. All right, here's the fifth thing. Ground yourself before getting into the conversation. You want to ground yourself. And what I mean by that is to be solidly in your body. Don't dissociate. And the best way to be solidly grounded in your body is to make sure you're in the present moment. And the best ways to do that are things like paying attention to your breath, perhaps counting your in and out breaths or some other kind of breathing exercise. You can't do that if you're not present. Or getting connected with your senses or one of your senses. Maybe look around the room and name five things in the room. Another really great way to ground yourself is if you're standing, pay attention to your feet and where they're touching the floor. And if you're sitting, pay attention to your butt in the seat. You can't do these things except for in the present moment. 
The sixth thing is the Wonder Woman pose. This is a great method shared by Amy Cuddy, that's C-U-D-D-Y. She did a TED Talk, which is linked in the show notes. She's a social psychologist, and she's done studies which show that when you stand in the Wonder Woman pose for two minutes, it does something to you both psychologically and physiologically, whereby it builds your confidence. So if you're going to have a difficult conversation with your boss, for example, right before you do it, go to a bathroom stall and stand in the Wonder Woman pose for two minutes. It's not a bad idea to also say good and nice things to yourself and perhaps do this right before or after you bookend the difficult conversation with someone. Number seven, get permission. So this is another thing you can do, get permission from the person to have a conversation. This just came up last week in the Guilt-Free Guild at the suggestion of one of the members for someone who needed to have a difficult conversation with her husband. Earlier that day, something difficult happened. So the suggestion was to go to him that night and say, I'd like to talk about what happened this afternoon when you came home. Let me know when a good time would be. If you don't get back to me by Friday with a good time, I'll check in with you again. They're not suggesting that she say just the generalized, we need to talk, which freaks most people out. You're saying you'd like to talk about a very specific thing. You're giving them a heads up and giving them a choice so they can pick a time when they're available psychologically for the conversation which when you just go up to somebody and start talking to them, they might not be prepared. You're also letting them know by saying, if I don't hear back from you by Friday, I'm going to check in, that you're not going to just let this go away, that you're going to come back to them. So you may need to call your boundary partner and bookend if you have to follow up if he hasn't gotten back with you on Friday. So you might need help to have the difficult conversation about picking a time to have a difficult conversation. All right, number eight, one topic. Stick to one topic in your difficult conversation. Have a finite topic. And if the other person starts bringing up other things, like, well, what about that time when you X, Y, Z, or what about blah, blah, blah? You say, We'll talk about it later. That's not what we're talking about now. Let's get this issue dealt with, and then we can come back to that one at another time. So that means you don't throw other topics in either, just like you don't let them. Number nine, I call this putting a boundary around the conversation. So this is something I did a couple years ago after my vacation with my sweetheart. It was the most difficult week of our entire relationship, and we also still had a really nice vacation because we were able to process and communicate. But after the vacation was over, I said to him, I would really like to take some time to talk about what happened on vacation so we can prevent it from happening again. I really only want to spend 30 minutes on it tonight. So if we get to the end of the 30 minutes and we still feel like we need to talk more, I'd really like us to take a break and come back to it another time so that this entire evening is not consumed with talking about that. And he was like, great idea. We only see each other three nights a week, and I didn't want our entire time consumed with conflict. Going into the conversation, knowing that it would be 30 minutes max was a relief for both of us. And actually, at this point, I don't even remember if we resolved it in those 30 minutes or it continued later. Number 10, 
Start by owning your shit. During that conversation with my sweetheart, I said, basically, um, I turned you into my dad on vacation. I know you're not my dad, but I still responded that way, not because of you, but because of the intergenerational family dysfunction and my history of trauma. So I took my trauma out on you, and that was unfair, and I'm really sorry I did that. I will try to be more aware in the future when that's happening. Now, me starting by owning my shit really paved the way for him to receive that and accept my apology and to feel like I'm in this with him and this isn't going to be a blame fest where I blame him for everything, which made it easier for him to share his stuff. Here are a couple of examples of what you might say based on real scenarios from my clients. One of my clients has a teenager who came to her and said, you and mama keep telling me you're proud of me and want me to make my own decisions, but everything you do shows me that you're not proud of me and that you don't want me to make my own decisions. You're constantly micromanaging every move and decision. And my client told her child, that's not true. I'm working on myself. And what you're seeing is me being a work in progress. When my client told me this, I was like, nope, from everything you've told me, you are showing your child that you're not proud of them and you are not letting them make their own decisions. My client was like, oh my God, you're right. What do I do about this? I suggested she go back to her child and have a frank conversation. And she said, it's going to be so hard. And as you know, I said something about that already. But yes, owning your shit does mean having difficult conversations. And I said, here's what you could say. On reflection, I realized that what you said to me was true. We have been telling you that we're proud of you and we want to make your own decisions. I can't speak for mama, but I can speak for myself. And I can see that I have been showing you that I'm not proud of you and that I don't trust you to make your own decisions. It's really painful for me to see that and realize that, but I want you to know that I heard you and I am really working on this. These behaviors of mine are so deeply entrenched in me that when you told me, I didn't even see it. I had to process what you said to see it. She had that conversation with her child and it was difficult because she had to admit that she was wrong. And who wants to do that, especially as a parent and especially with a teenager? Here's what happened. The child replied, Mom, I cried for an hour after you told me that that wasn't true. And do you want to hear the song that I played over and over again while I was crying? It was all about I'm never going to be good enough, which of course broke my client's heart. And she told her child that she was going to work very hard to change her ways and to let her know if she was doing it again. What I said to my client was, That conversation you had with your child literally just changed the trajectory of your family's life. That was the beginning of the end of intergenerational family dysfunction. It started with that conversation. Now, I can't tell you how much amazing shit has happened with that client and her child since that conversation. That's not the point of this episode, so I'm not going to go into detail about that. But having that really difficult conversation got her to let go of micromanaging her child. It's brought her way closer to that child and the entire relationship dynamic has changed. 
Okay, here's another client scenario. So this client started dating someone right after we started coaching, and all the signs have been good on both ends. The other person is in recovery, and it's the first time either of them have dated anyone in recovery, and the communication has been fantastic. They planned their first weekend away, and my client has been super excited about it, but the morning of the trip, she started freaking out, getting scared, having all these doubts, catastrophizing, etc., So she reached out to me for guidance and I said, it seems like a good idea to tell him you're having some difficult feelings. If you want him to know who you are, then telling him I'm having real difficulty right now will potentially allow him to be with you and support you in your difficulty. But if he doesn't support you in having difficulty, then that tells you this is probably not going to be the relationship for you. So she did tell him the truth that she was both looking forward to it and also starting to get really scared and was surprised about being scared. And it led to a really wonderful conversation. She had never had those kinds of conversations in previous relationships. She'd never been with a partner who could be in those conversations with her. So not only are we afraid to have difficult conversations because it's hard to come out and say, this is my truth, especially when this is new behavior, but also because we're afraid the people are going to leave us. Here's the thing. If they're going to leave you when you tell them the truth, then they should leave you because they're not your person. Your person is going to be in it with you. Your person is going to want to know what's really going on with you so they can support you and be there with you. If you are with somebody where that's not the case, then you need to think about whether it's the right relationship for you. Let's say you have a long-standing friend and you're just not willing to get rid of them. That's okay, but start seeking that kind of connection where you can be really open with someone, with other friends. Don't try to get milk from the hardware store. Don't try to get a person who cannot have meaningful conversations to have them. You can't force someone to do that. Their ability or inability or their willingness or unwillingness to do that has nothing to do with you and your value. It has everything to do with them, not you. So don't take it personally. Oh, yeah. And my five-year anniversary of my very first podcast is coming up on March 18th, 2024. And I want to celebrate by giving something away. I'm not sure yet what it is, but while I'm deciding, I want you to be thinking about what is your favorite episode of mine. So when I tell you what I'm going to do, you'll be prepared to share it with me. So next week, I will have decided by then what this contest is going to be, and you'll be ready. And I can't fucking believe that it's been five years because I had no fucking idea what I was doing when I got started, and I really didn't think into the future. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. 
Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higherpowercoaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listen to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.